talked to my husband and I thought he was going to be a little like, you know, hesitant about it, but I just brought it up. I was like, would you consider a home birth? And he was like, oh, heck yeah. Like, of course. Why would I not? I was birth serves a purpose, yes, but can it be more than just bringing a baby from within to the outside? Could it actually be intimate? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 177 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we are speaking with Anna Lee Ford, who is a civil engineer, makeup artist in Denver, Colorado, who, as she says, spends way too much time on TikTok. Anna Lee and her husband actually work together on the engineering side, not the makeup side, and have been together for 10 blissful years. Together, they have two beautiful daughters, Elliot and Collins, three crazy dogs, and love spending lots of time together as a family. And this family love is what we'll be exploring inside of this episode, the way that we can take birth from being a medical event to a familial affair. And if you happen to be listening to this podcast on the day that it airs, well, speaking of familial events, today is my daughter Lillian's third birthday. So happy birthday, Lillian. I hope you can look back on these podcast episodes one day and that they will give you the courage to give birth in power and feel like the amazing mother and woman that you are going to become. You are such a precious light to our family. One thing that I do want to discuss is the fact that Lillian's birth is what really pushed me into creating Happy Home Birth Academy. And if you are listening to this podcast the day that it airs, Today is the day before Happy Homebirth Academy is closing to the public for the foreseeable future. So if you have been looking for a do-it-yourself homebirth course, jump on HHA today or tomorrow because you will still be able to receive lifetime access if you do that then. However, after that, I'm going to be closing it down to the public. There is something new coming, and I want to make sure that you are on Instagram this week. If you are super excited and want to know what's happening, be sure that you're following Happy Home Birth Podcast, and be sure that you go to my profile, click on that little notifications bell at the top, and then you can click to make sure that you are notified every time that I go live. I'm going to be going live a good bit over the coming weeks, and I've got some really exciting new content and information to share with you, so please don't forget to do that. You can even add me as one of your close friends to make sure that you're getting the updates for sure. So head over to Happy Home Birth Podcast on Instagram, follow along for the super exciting and new content that's going to be coming your way. Happy birthday, Lillian, and jump to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA if you do not want to miss out on the amazing childbirth education program that has helped over 500 mothers walk into home birth feeling empowered and peaceful. Alrighty, now let me thank this week's reviewer of the week. Erica Siegel, who wrote, amazing, informative, positive. I love this podcast. I found it about halfway through my pregnancy and have found such encouragement from hearing other moms' birth stories. I've been binging the podcast and absorbing all the information I can while I prepare for my home birth. Caitlin and her guests have so much positivity that it can be felt through the speakers. It's so refreshing to hear positive birth stories that aren't trying to put fear in first-time moms. 
Even when there are emergencies or need for hospital transfer, most of the time I can still hear how the guests view the whole experience as a positive because of the care of their midwives. This puts my mind at ease and helps me release my fears before giving birth. I've learned so much and am incredibly thankful for the encouragement, useful information, and positivity in these podcasts. Wow, Erica, thank you so much for these beautiful words. I am thrilled to hear that you can feel the positivity. That's exactly what I want for every mother who listens. Erica, if you'll email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I'd love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. If you're finding encouragement from these stories the way that Erica is, would you take a few moments to head to your favorite podcast listening app and leave a quick rating and review? These words mean the world to me, number one, and they also put this show in front of other moms so that they can learn about their options too. Thank you so much to all who have taken the time. Okay, let's jump into this incredible story with Anna Lee. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and the show is not medical advice, it's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Annalie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you. Would you take (laughs) a moment just to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm Anna Lee. Um, I live in Colorado with my wonderful husband and my two baby girls and three tiny little dogs. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very nice. So I'd love to hear just the beginning of your story. You've got two girls. What was your first pregnancy experience like? Yeah. So my first pregnancy, I actually, um, it was a total surprise. We weren't planning it. So I had a lot of emotions to work through in the beginning of that. But after that, it was an easy, breezy, wonderful pregnancy. Um, I always knew I wanted to have a unmedicated birth, but I didn't even think of home birth. Like that didn't even cross my mind. Um, so we chose to go to a hospital and go with midwives and they were lovely for the most part. Um, but yeah, the pregnancy was pretty uneventful. I have nothing exciting to share about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so what was the labor like then? Oh man. Um, so unfortunately my water broke, um, at home and you know, most hospitals, they only give you 24 hours before you have to come in. Um, so I prayed and I hoped and I crossed my fingers that contractions would start and they never did. So we went into the hospital, um, and they immediately wanted to push Pitocin and that you know, I, I didn't want to do it, but my doula was there and she even recommended it. So we just hopped on the Pitocin train and um, it was really, really intense. It was, um, I think, 12 hours on Pitocin and the beginning was manageable. But then towards the end, like I couldn't stay calm. You know, I, I was hyperventilating a lot, um, but I was so stubborn and, and didn't want to get any help um, with medication, which looking back maybe would have been the right choice with you know, with Pitocin. Um, and actually like I labored for five hours and they thought I was getting ready to push. Um, so they got me on the bed and checked me and I was only at a three. Um, (gasps) Oh, I know. So it it was just earth shattering in the moment, you know, it was devastating. And I think that set the mood for the rest of the labor. Um, but baby was born. Um, I stuck to my quote unquote goal of being unmedicated. So I was happy about that, but it was just, 
I, I don't want to call it traumatic because we were healthy and it was fine. But looking back on it, especially compared to my second birth that we'll talk about, it was just not the energy and it was scary and I was terrified and it was really painful, you know? Yeah. Just, but we were healthy. I just had busted blood vessels everywhere. <laughs> oh man. How did, how long did you end up pushing? Oh, like 10 minutes. I was done, done by the time they told me to push. They were like, no, you need to breathe in between contractions. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Breathing is for the week. I will get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just pushed and pushed. So luckily the pushing phase wasn't too long. Um, and by that time I, you, like you could have made me sit in the ring of fire for 20 minutes and I would have, you know, taken it to be done with labor at that point. So, Mm. (laughs) I mean, it's just so true. The fact that when when our contractions are produced by our own hormones, typically they are manageable. Right. When there's something outside that's influencing them, like you don't know what you're going to get. Maybe it'll be totally fine and easy and maybe it's going to be really, really intense. And I just feel like Pitocin, that's, that's a hard ride. Yeah. And I had nothing to compare it to, you know, so I had no idea if this was normal or not. Um but yes, it was it was a hard a hard ride. And looking back, I wish we would have tried some other things first instead of jumping into that. But I just don't think my body was ready. Um, right. But my water had other ideas. So <laughs> thanks, thanks water, yeah. thanks water. I know the next pregnancy, I was like, give me all the vitamin C, whatever I need to do right. to make that nice and strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, okay. So after that baby, what was that postpartum experience like? Um, I think it was relatively good. It was better than I was expecting, but I think I had prepared myself mentally for the worst. Um, just having a history of anxiety, you know, the, just some, you know, ups and downs in life. Um, so it was a big adjustment, especially I was the first out of all my friends to have a baby. So that was another challenge to go through. You don't have anyone that you can talk to really. And you don't, at least for me, like I don't want to hang out with people who don't have babies when you're in the thick of it. It's really hard to see other people going about life normally when you're stuck, you know? Um, but other than that, I think it was fine. We were able to breastfeed successfully, which was a huge thing for me. Um, not forever, but for a decent amount of time. And my husband has been nothing but supportive and wonderful and He's very um, communicative with me, so I can explain all my postpartum wild feelings to him, and he listens. (laughs) Um, So it was good. That's huge. It's so huge to have that support and, like, to know, like, I can tell you these things that maybe they even sound crazy, but you are going (laughs) to listen and you are going to understand and support me through this. Right. You will love me through this no matter what. I remember at one point, because the the I, I really get postpartum rage, like I just get so angry. Mm-hmm. And I remember like five weeks postpartum, he was leaving to go to the gym. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you, but I want to rip your head off right now. Like I I would do it if I could. I'm so mad at you. And he's like, what did I do? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm so mad. And he was like, okay, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, postpartum rage is not discussed enough <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. And- <laughs> I, I experienced that. And I remember trying to explain it to my husband and just being like, I have this energy and it's yes. coursing through my body. It's going up and down. I can feel it moving and I have to get it out. And the only mm-hmm. way that I can think of to get it out is like hitting something. Like yes. I just want to just like <laughs> get the energy out. And I will say I highly, highly recommend for any mom that's experiencing that, 
look into emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping. That has changed my life. And I'm so looking forward to in the future having that as a tool postpartum because I didn't have it as a tool postpartum these last two times, but it's just yeah. rocked my world. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that tip. Um, I definitely still have my rage, ragey moments. Um, so I know I've heard of that. I, I, I also have a lot of intrusive thoughts. Like I think a lot mm-hmm. of moms do. I've been on a TikTok rampage posting about intrusive thoughts lately. And the tapping is something that I picked up on to like, but it's not the full tapping thing that I think the EFT is, but just to like mm-hmm. tap my forehead repeatedly and say like, I'm safe. We're safe. A tree is not going to fall on my baby right now. Like everything is okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, those are such good points, and I agree. I mean, yeah, even just picking one point to tap on, it just helps regulate your nervous system. So yeah, definitely, definitely check into that because it has changed my life. Um, but okay, so after that first birthing experience, after that first postpartum, what was your second pregnancy like? When did that come about? Yeah, so we decided to um, try to have another baby. Um, I think my firstborn, Elliot, uh, I have two girls, Elliot, um, was around 18 months and we felt like it was time. So we tried for a few months and, um, we're unbelievably blessed that we were able to get knocked up. Um, and yeah, I was excited, uh, more excited this time because it was planned compared to the last time, but, um, it's still always a little scary going into pregnancy, just knowing that your next nine months is going to be so different and it's going to move so slow in the beginning, you know? Um, but that pregnancy was great too. I really can't complain. I hear horror stories from other moms and I just get tired. You know, I just complain a lot, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a lot to complain about, but I like to complain. So <laughs> so I just released that. I just get it all out. <laughs> yeah. This, this session's turning out to be very therapeutic for me. Thank you. <laughs> so glad. So, okay. So with that one, what was your decision when it came to finding a care provider since your last experience was just not fun in the hospital? Yeah. So we actually went back to that same practice, um, because the midwives were nice, you know, they weren't any, they weren't mean or anything. Um, which is so funny hearing me say that now, knowing what I know about my next provider and how it's just night and day. Um, but anyways, I stuck with them for about 20 weeks and then, um, all of a sudden someone, one of my friends on social media had a home birth and I was like, Oh, like people I know in real life are doing this. Like this is, cause I didn't know anyone that had ever had a home birth before. Um, so then I talked to my husband and I thought he was going to be a little like, you know, hesitant about it, but I just brought it up. I was like, would you consider a home birth? And he was like, oh, heck yeah. Like, of course. Why would I not? And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and he, yeah, he's, he's just the best. And he even said, he's like, after seeing what you went through in the hospital and just that environment, he's like, if we could stay at home with our baby and our dogs and just feel safe and happy, he's like, why would we not do that? And I was like, okay, good points, Ethan. Good points. <laughs> <laughs> valid, valid. Yeah. So I did a little Googling um, and just uh, interviewed with one midwife and ended up loving her. Um, so we switched over to her at 20 weeks. Okay, and the best choice. Yeah. What was it like? What was it like going from, because you were using a midwife or midwives, but now this is different. How was it different? Yeah. I feel like the midwives um, at the hospital that I was going to, you know, they're still under the OB umbrella. So there's not really much they can do like separate from the OB. You know what I mean? I think they still follow the same practice of care and all that. 
Um, so switching over, and I'm sure everyone who has done this on your podcast says the same thing, but it's just like night and day. Like they actually asked about my family and asked about my, my hobbies and got to know me and our appointments were 60 minutes instead of literally the five minutes where they check your blood and they're like, are you good? Okay, bye. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And you're like, I don't know. Um, but no, Gina, um, she was just absolutely wonderful. Um, and made me feel super comfortable. Um, I brought my mom to an appointment so she could kind of feel her out too because my parents at first were a little hesitant about it, um, but then they were fully on board. So yeah, it was just wonderful. I, I could text her at any time if I had questions. It's just, I don't, like looking back, I don't know why you would never choose to go that way, you know? Yeah. I think that what you just said is such a great point of the way that it can end up being such a family experience. And I know that there are so many situations where it's like, you know what, I'm just putting up the shield. I'm not talking to you about home birth mom or dad, because it's not going to go anywhere good. And in, yeah, in a lot of situations, that's the truth. But then there are other times where, you know, like if you just had the education, like if you were able to see what I see, then you would so be on board with this. And the fact that midwives can like take that in and help them see the beauty and the safety and, you know, release those fears for them so that not only are they supporting you in what you're doing, but they're like actually excited about it and it changes their perspective. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, was, you're exactly right. And especially watching my dad go through that, who I'm an engineer, my husband's an engineer, my dad's an engineer. They're all very <laughs> say <sad>. no more. <laughs> yeah. So he even came over and had like a, a big talk with me to try to get me to change my mind. And then afterwards, he was like, All right, you were right. <laughs> that, he's like, That was beautiful. You were right. Wow. Thank you, Dad. That's really cool. It's that is seriously this so much fun to hear. My father-in-law is the same way. He's an engineer. And there was a concern. And then now, like, you will find him from time to time talking about the benefits of home birth to people. It's like it's pretty cool. That's amazing. I know. And you with your podcast, you're like, go dad. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you switched over around 20 weeks. Let's hear about the rest of this pregnancy. You know, it's not a lot to talk about. (laughs) Um, It was smooth sailing, no issues. Um, Yeah, I don't have anything else exciting to talk about that pregnancy. Well, that's, Um, I mean, that's pretty good. I know, I know. I know. I'm very, very lucky, like I said, have easy, relatively easygoing pregnancies. Well, Um, then I'm curious to hear how did your labor begin this next time after all the vitamins? I will tell you. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, So the first time around with my first pregnancy, I um, declined all sweeps um, and checks. You know, I just didn't want that. And I had been um, recommended that by my doula. That was kind of her train of thought. And then this time around, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I don't want to be checked. I don't, because I didn't want to find out. I mean, you know, it's a mental game, right? If you get checked and you're at a one and then you labor for six hours and you're at a two, it's devastating. Um, Anyways, long story short, (laughs) this time I went in around um, 40 weeks to get my normal appointment. And my midwife was like, I can check you and give you a sweep if you want. And at first I was like, hard no, not for me. Um, I'm very stubborn. And then she was like, well, um, if we do check you, I think it's a really good tool that we can have um, so that when you do go into labor, we'll know where you started. And she kind of convinced me all these reasons why you should get checked. And it actually made a lot of sense. Um, Anyways, so I got checked and I was at three centimeters and I told her to just do the sweep since you're up there. Why not? While you're in there. While you're in there. Welcome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that was a Thursday night. Um, went home, super excited. It's crampy for a couple days. Some, you know, mucus, a little bloody discharge, but nothing crazy. Um, and then nothing, nothing happened. Saturday night, we were laying in bed watching Deal or No Deal. Um, and I was <laughs> just snuggled up to my husband, obviously, as you do on a Saturday night, <laughs> nine months pregnant. <laughs> and um, I felt a trickle down my leg. And I was like, no, because that's what happened with my first pregnancy. And um, I was like, that's my water. And I haven't had any contractions. Like, this is the end. Like, I'm going to the hospital. Um, and so I got up um, and I the water was actually a little green tinted. Um, so there was some meconium in there. And again, I was like, well, there goes my home birth. <laughs> like, oh my that was great. Yeah. Um, I'm laughing about it now, but at the time I was just distraught, you know, and um, called my midwife and she said, well, let's not make any decisions tonight. Um, you'll be okay for 12 hours. If it is tinted, just try to get some sleep. Um, and we'll see what happens. So let me look at my little notes here. Um, <laughs> so we went to bed, um, and I just like prayed. I was like, please, 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 please let me go into labor. Like I'll take anything. Give me some contractions. Um, and I fell asleep around nine. I woke up at 10. Um, and I was crampy and I, I'm going to cry. I like, cause it, I was, I was having a contraction and I timed it and they were five minutes apart. And I remember just thinking like, this is such a gift. Like mm -hmm. the fact that my body is doing this when it didn't last time, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I remember thinking, remember this feeling throughout the rest of your labor. Like when things get intense at the end, remember how grateful and how like thankful you are for this gift. Try to carry that through labor. Um, and, you know, I, I tried and that <laughs> I think that feeling came and went, but it was still, um, it was just awesome. I was just so happy that it started. <sighs> I love that. I love that idea of, yeah. And I mean, obviously you, maybe you can't remember every single second <laughs> of your labor, but that concept of let's put gratitude at the forefront, like, right. Let's think about this in the most positive, beautiful, exciting light that we can. And I think that alone can shift your entire perspective of even how things are unfolding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, as you know, labor is all 90% mindset. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So that was, that was really great. So once your body started contracting, that was 10 o'clock, mm -hmm. you're realizing like, oh my gosh, this is happening <laughs> the way I wanted it to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and I was thankfully able to fall back asleep for a little bit um, and just get some rest. I was kind of in and out, but I refused to start timing things. I didn't want to like wake up and acknowledge that it was happening. You know, everyone says like, you don't want to scare it away. <laughs> um, so I think finally around 3 a.m. I was like, okay, I can't sleep anymore. Let's get up. Um, and I started timing them. They were five minutes apart, totally manageable, um, nothing too crazy. I finally woke my husband up around four and I was like, okay, if I'm going to be awake, you can join me. Yeah, we can, we can do this together. Um, and that was a really, really special time between 4 and 6 a.m. when our midwives arrived because we just snuggled and really like talked and like about what was going to happen today and like um, just really enjoyed that quiet time together before everyone came over and like the show kind of got rolling, you know? I know, yeah, man. That's, that's so oh, – the intimacy of that and the way that labor can – cause such a like it can be such a glue you know yes. for the positive that's oh I love that yeah I went into this labor um being like 
not, not, this is going to sound crazy. I didn't want to make labor like sexual by any means. Um, but this time around, I wanted to really lean into like the spiritual connection um, and physical connection between us and like really rely on that to get me through because that's what got us into it, you know? And I really wanted to experience labor from that point of view compared to it being more of like a scary thing. Yeah. Just intimacy. I mean, that yeah. is, it, could there be anything more intimate than creating a child and then bringing it into the world in the same location that you created it? Like that is just, oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, I know. I Gosh, you're going to keep making me cry. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the midwife showed up around 6 a.m. and everything was going wonderful. Um, I will say that day was a record blizzard in Denver, Colorado. Um, oh my gosh. I know. And everyone was like, you're going to have a baby on the blizzard. <laughs> and thankfully, and um, like looking back, it's another blessing that my labor started at the time that it did because um, otherwise, I don't know if the midwives would have been able to get there. Um, they were barely able to leave. And then like the whole town shut down, like the roads were closed. We couldn't even get pizza that night. Um, so that, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so they got there at 6am and everything was still great. And my midwife checked me and I was five centimeters. Um, yeah, exactly. You, I just saw you smile. It was just like, yes, like my body is doing something. Things are happening. This is the best. Like what more could I ask for? Um, nothing was too intense. Um, I showed uh, my midwife like my pad from last night with the tent, like the green tent, like she asked and she said it was still okay. Nothing to worry about. Um, and she tried to get me to eat some food. Um, I specifically remember trying to eat a bagel with peanut butter which I don't recommend when you're having a contraction to have that peanut butter in your mouth and <laughs> try to like moan through it. It's just, yeah. I'm also not sure that I could manage the smell of peanut butter in labor. Like, <laughs> I feel like it would be such a strong scent. Right. At the time I thought it was a great idea. And five seconds later I realized how wrong I was. Maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, so basically nothing exciting happened um, up until 8 a.m. My my parents came over, we're lucky to live close to them, and they grabbed my older daughter. Um, she was able to come in and kind of say hi and kind of hang out, and she rubbed my back through some contractions, which is just so sweet. Um, and she really wanted to get in the birth pool and play in there, but um, we obviously wouldn't let her. And then my parents took her back to their house, um, and that was around 8 a.m., and that's when my midwife told me that I could get in the tub and kind of work mm -hmm. through some contractions in there. So when um, you got into the tub, did you notice a big change of any sort? You know, I don't know. I will say, I just remembered right before I got in the tub, my midwife was like, you can get in the tub, but I want you to go sit on the toilet for three contractions. Uh. And I was like, Gina, I was like, no, <laughs> like, please no. Um, and I just want to share this because this was another big mental shift for me in labor. Um, I was really scared to go sit on the toilet because I remembered that from last time. When you don't have that support underneath you, it just really mm -hmm. intensifies everything. And I went there and I was in alone in there and I was like, okay, I'm going to lean in hard to these and just really embrace it and see how it feels. And just for those, whatever, five minutes, I was like, this doesn't feel so bad. Like this actually feels kind of okay. Um, and I think it was just such a really big mental thing for me in there. And I tried to hold on to that afterwards. And, you know, obviously I never thought contractions felt good, but I really tried to feel like they did there, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 
Um, so then I got in the tub and it was, it felt really, really good though. The water felt great. Um, I stayed in there for about an hour. Um, I had Ethan, if you look through my photo album that I sent, I had him like right by my face the entire time. <laughs> like, Don't leave me. Um, and I was in there for an hour and then I just started to feel really constricted, you know, like you, I was like doing circles, like a little doggy paddle around. Like I didn't know where to go. I just wanted to get out. Um, so we finally got out and they checked me. Um, and I was really nervous again to find out what I was going to be, but I was an eight centimeters, mm. which again, I knew like, oh, like we're actually doing something here. Like I just have to keep going and we'll make it through this. <laughs> Progressing um, along nicely. I know. I know. Um, so let me see. So we got out and I knew that transition was coming or happening right now and things were going to get um, really intense. So during labor, I, like I said, with the tub, I felt constricted and claustrophobic and I really liked to walk around my whole house. Um, and whenever a contraction hit, I would stop and like push really, really hard against the wall. Um, because when you have that energy, like, like with, with anger, you know, you have mm -hmm. to let it out somehow and you want to keep your down below as open and relaxed as possible. So pushing into a wall as hard as I can really helped me. Um, or I would get down on my hands and knees and push into the ground. But nine times out of 10, I needed to be like pushing or pulling on something, um, like like holding onto a dresser and like sitting down into a low squat. Um, but I was definitely very, very vocal. I, I know some um, women aren't, but I am a big moaner. I was really into visualizing like waves coming in and out. Um, I really tried to picture like each, um, like rest time in between contraction. That's when I would think about how it was such a gift again. Like I'd be like, this is a gift, like enjoy it while you can. Um, and I, Ethan and I had like a whole list of like mantras he could help me repeat things he could do. Like, I feel like this labor, we really prepared for that compared to last time. I really leaned on my doula. Um, but this time I felt like I really leaned on us to come up with the things that he could do to help support me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So then after a little bit walking around, they asked if I wanted to get back in the tub and I tried it, but I just like, couldn't get comfy. I was hot. It's like sweaty. <laughs> I immediately had to get out, um, and move around again. And it, I mean, you know, like at that point, that was the first time where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And as they always say, that's how, you know, <laughs> you're starting to get close. Um, so I, um, they reminded me that actually, I actually wrote this down. My midwife reminded me to reframe my point of view and say that I am doing this instead of mm -hmm. saying I can't do this and that we were so, so close. And I just had to hang on a little bit longer. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so crazy to think back, you know, to how intense that time was. And now I'm sitting in the same room that it was happening in and it, it seems so long ago, you know? Um, <laughs> so I think then I decided to get in the shower because I needed just some, something to do other than walk around. Um, so we got in the shower. I made Ethan. He's such a good sport. I was like, you're getting in with me. <laughs> so he stripped down and put his swimsuit on, um, so he could come get in with me. And we took a couple contractions in there and then I was too hot again. You know, at the end of labor, like nothing you do <laughs> is the right answer. And you're just moving around trying to find out what, what's going to help you get through these next few contractions. Um, so when I got out, a contraction hit immediately and I got down on my hands and knees on the bath towel um, and I worked through that wave. And then immediately it was like lots of green coming out. Oh, okay. 
Um, and my midwife got really concerned. She, she didn't tell me that at the time, but she immediately was like, okay, um, like there's something maybe going on wrong here. Um, so we moved from the shower back over to my bed over here so she could check me. And as I was walking along, um, I started like vomiting very, very violently, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, more violently than I ever have. I feel like in my adult life, um, all over my sweet husband, all over everyone. Um, but weirdly enough, that was the first time in labor that it actually felt good. Um, like to throw up, which sounds so crazy, but I felt the baby like pushed down every time I threw up. Um, and it felt really, really good. And like, I finally made some really decent progress doing that. Um, and then by the time I was done throwing up, I lay down on the bed to be checked and I was a 9.5. Um, and she, yeah. Um, and all of that happened. I mean, I think I got in the bath the first time at eight and by the time I was um, getting sick, it was like 927. Um, so then my midwife asked if she could hold the lip back through a contraction so we could just get to 10. And I was like, yes, hold it back, <laughs> hold Come it back, on, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. And I remember they, they had to do that with my first baby too. I was stuck at 9.5 and they had to hold it back. And, um, the first labor, I felt like that was so scary and, and awful. And this time I was like, yeah, do it. Like whatever you need to do, let's, let's get this show on the road. Um, so from the time I got sick at 927, lay down, they checked me, held the lip back through a contraction and the baby was born at 932. So it was like, yeah, it's crazy how quickly they just come out. Um, And she had a cord wrapped around her neck, which, you know, isn't uncommon, but because she dropped down so quick when I got sick, her face was black, like so, so like bruised um, and like swollen. Um, like when she came out, we were like, is she okay? Like, it was kind of scary to see your baby a different, you know, just so bruised. Um, but they weren't worried about that. And apparently, apparently that happens and she was okay. (laughs) So your midwife, you said you found out later that she was concerned with the meconium, but once your baby was born, was, was there any sign of concern or did everything seem fine? No, she was absolutely perfect. Um, they, um, you know, rubbed her down and she took a couple seconds to start crying. And then, and then she did, um, they did give me a shot of Pitocin in my leg just cause I was bleeding a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but my midwife told me later that as soon as I got out of the shower and I was on my hands and knees, um, having a contraction, all the green came out, um, like a huge, all my waters came out and it was like green, green. She immediately was like, we're going to transfer to the hospital. That was like her first thought was like, okay, let, let me just check her. So that way I know when I call to get the ambulance, cause it's a blizzard outside and we have nowhere that we can go. <laughs> um, I need to be able to know where she's at, you know, and thank, I think, um, we both agree that subconsciously my body like picked up on that. And the only way that we were able to, like the only way my body knew to go from an eight to a 10 in five minutes and to get baby hadn't dropped at all. So to get baby down, the only answer was to start getting sick. And I think my body did that on purpose because it knew it was an emergency situation and there was nowhere to go. We couldn't go anywhere if it was an emergency, you know? So I think that is really cool to think about subconsciously that your body knows what to do, which is, you know, in hindsight, all of labor. (laughs) But But, I mean, you're, you're right. And it's like the, the mental and the physical, like, the subconscious working with the body. Like it's just such a crazy connection that 
I mean, you could you could have gone on not even making that recogni- recognition. Like you could have gone on and not realize that. But then when you stop and think about it, it's like, holy cow, like how <laughs> cool is life? Like how great right. cool the way that we are designed. It's just incredible. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I was in such a labor fog that I just didn't pick up on anything, but I'm sure I saw them glance between each other, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. give each other the side eye. Um, and my body just knew that it needed to kick it into high gear now. So just, it's just so let's cool. Just puke this baby out. And it's kind yeah. of like, you know, people talk about fetal ejection reflex and it feels like you're like vomiting your baby out the opposite way, right. but like <laughs> you are actually vomiting your baby out. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I actually did that. I really recommend it. It worked yeah. great. It was very effective to anyone <laughs> who wants to try. If you're in a pinch. You can just try that one out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, well, so what yeah. was that uh, postpartum like? I mean, you obviously you were stuck inside for a little bit with a blizzard, but... Yes, which was a little unfortunate. I didn't get my pizza, you know, right away, my postpartum meal. Um, but it was... It was good um, postpartum. The best thing, as you know, about switching um, care is that they came over the next day. They came over to check on me. They came over at seven days. They came over at 14 days. Um, I was texting my midwife like photos of my baby's belly button being like, does this look normal? (laughs) Um, All the things that I would never be able to do with my OB because um, the the home birth midwives, you know, they they also are um, specialized in newborn care. Mm -hmm. So they they're able to help with that. Um, so that was huge to have that support system. Mm, Um, but postpartum with a toddler is different than postpartum with just one baby. That's for sure. (laughs) I can say amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, wow. Um, it's just so different. Um, but our firstborn Elliot, you know, she's just the sweetest and loves her baby sis. Um, Collins is our other baby's name. I don't think I ever said that and um, was thrilled to have a baby, but it was just a lot more challenging this time around to Mm -hmm. navigate toddler feelings and their big emotions with me having to take care of the baby and nurse the baby and do all of those. Um, So that was pretty difficult this time. What did you say the age difference was again? They are two years apart. Two years apart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you are just like hitting toddlerhood so hard. And then there's this newborn and it's like, what is even happening, mother? Right. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, excuse me. I didn't agree to this. This is interesting that you made this choice. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We always say she's like old enough to understand what's going on, but also not old enough to understand what's going on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But overall, um, I think it went pretty well. I, um, yeah. (laughs) That's beautiful. I mean, yeah. What a... What an amazing story. And just, I love, there were a couple of things that you mentioned that I just felt like were so important. This ability to turn your birth experience into a connecting experience with your husband. Like that is just, that's gold. That is so amazing. And taking time to do that prenatally, like, you know, while you're pregnant, talking and figuring out, okay, what are the ways that you can support me? You said, Ethan specifically said mantras over you. Like that is, that's exactly the way to do it is figure out, okay, how can we work together? Um, And then, yeah, once again, just the way that our bodies know, (laughs) you know, and like (laughs) picking up on those micro cues that like you're, you were able to pick up on those micro cues subconsciously and then your body did something about it. Like that is just very, very intelligent design. It's just, yeah. Awesome. 
that that was really um, redemptive for me after my first birth of being in the hospital, being induced, you know, just feeling more of like an animal in a cage that time um, versus this time really watching my body take it from zero to a hundred um, was a really redemptive thing to go through to feel like I can do these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animal in a cage versus animal in the wild. Right. Way cooler. <laughs> Way cooler. Way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Way cooler. And um, yeah, like I said, my husband, um, we watched a lot of like birth, um, less, not lessons, we videos together, you know, like um, preparing for an unmedicated, unmedicated birth. And he, I'd send him notes every day and he'd read them at night. So he would get all ready. Um, yeah. Just having that connection with him and being able to lean really, really hard into um, like the love that we have for each other. And um, it was just, it's really, really special. He's, he's, he's great. <laughs> that is so heartwarming. <laughs> love, it. love it. Oh man, Annalie, this was such a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing. I just, I feel like I've gained so much from it and it was such an honor to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I love you and I love your podcast. I love everything that you're doing for moms out there. You're seriously making such a difference in the world. So thank you for having me and thank you for all that you do too. Are you feeling inspired? I'm feeling so inspired. Annalie's journey to this redemptive home birth is just so magical, yet the way she shared it also makes it seem so doable. And it is. We can simplify birth by bringing it home. Let's talk about a few of these points just one more time. First, I want to reiterate the fact that postpartum rage is a thing that many mothers experience, sometimes completely alone and other times intermingled with anxiety and depression. I experienced this quite strongly after the birth of my first daughter, and I felt totally alone and embarrassed that I was experiencing these emotions. Do not make the same mistake as me. If you're experiencing this, reach out to someone. Look into the emotional freedom technique. You can find all kinds of videos online for free, and that's amazing. But I do feel like finding someone to work with one-on-one can help you uncover a lot more roots a lot quicker. I'm going to put some of my favorite resources in the show notes. Next, let's talk about interventions. Oftentimes, I speak on the downsides of interventions, but here's the truth. They can be super helpful sometimes. Anna Lee chose to have cervical exams and membrane sweeps, and the world didn't fall apart because of it. In fact, they seemed to truly help her as she progressed throughout her labor experience. Here's the deal. When you have informed consent, when you truly know the pros and cons to each practice and you confidently choose, that's beautiful and amazing. Interventions are not automatically bad things. They can serve a purpose, but having informed consent is absolutely key, just like Anna Lee did. Next, one more time, how cool was it to hear how Anna Lee's subconscious really seemed to pick up on the impending transport and emergent feelings right at the end of her labor? And what did it do? It caused a strong physical reaction. Her baby went from high to on the perineum in no time flat, all thanks to a well-timed puke fest. I am constantly in awe of the divine nature in which we were created. And yes, I am talking about vomit and our divine creator in the same breath, but truly, it's so amazing. And finally, let's end where we began. Birth does not have to be some big medical to-do. 
How much more connecting and strengthening is it when we prepare with our spouse, work together as a team, and experience birth as an intimate family event? This is the glue that binds us and can build us up. It was so beautiful to hear how Anna Lee and Ethan did this together, fortifying and strengthening their connection through the experience. All right, my friends, find Anna Lee on TikTok and let her know how much you loved this episode. That's all I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.